Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, I'm Craig and welcome to another episode of Football Kit Memories, the football podcast that gets under the shirt. In today's episode, I'm joined by a football writer, presenter and co-host of the Searching for Shinies pod, Matthew Ketchell. During the show, I talked to Matthew about his role at the Chronicle, covering Newcastle, Sunderland and Borough in the North East, as well as his previous role at the BBC's Match of the Day magazine. I first came across Matt on Twitter when I heard about the podcast he co-hosts with his friend Richie, the Searching for Shinies pod, in which they try and interview every footballer from the 1997 Premier League sticker book. Later, I asked Matthew to pick out his three favourite football shirts and tell me a little bit about what they mean to him. As an ex-goalkeeper, Matt dived straight into the early 90s to pick out an England Chris Woods Umbro number from Euro 92. We then stayed in between the sticks for a Pavel Cernicek classic for Newcastle by A6. And we finished talking about his beloved tune and the season that could have been in 95-96 with that red and blue hooped Adidas away. Remember, you can listen to this and other episodes of Football Kit Memories on all major audio platforms including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please do like, follow, share, but above all, please do enjoy the podcast. Okay, so today on the podcast, I'm joined by a football writer, presenter and co-host of the Searching for Shinies pod. It's Matthew Ketchell. How you doing, mate? I'm good, man. Thanks for inviting me on. Mate, delighted to have you here. There's so much stuff we can talk about. Um, I guess let's kick off with um, what you do currently. So you're with the Newcastle Chronicle at the moment. That's right, yeah. I joined in January this year and... Prior to that, I was working at BBC Match of the Day magazine, which is like a kids' football magazine, but I think I grew out of that a bit, to be honest. I'd been right. there six years, done some amazing stuff, but done everything I wanted to do. Yeah, I did a bit of television presenting, interviewed some big names, like you know, I interviewed Gareth Southgate, Kane, Aguero, went to World Cups, Champions League finals, like did so much with the job, but I kind of done everything I wanted to do with it. Um, and prior to COVID, was starting to have a little think about the next step. And then COVID came and it, it, it really hit the magazine hard, uh, which was a shame because it's a great magazine. I, any, anyone listening with kids, yeah. I would implore them to buy the magazine. Obviously, it's still going. But um, this the, the last year that I had at Match of the Day, 2019, 
they sold a million copies. We were a small team of 12 and we sold a million magazines. People think the magazine industry is dying. Yeah, Match the day magazine, proving it wrong. But then COVID came and we found kids weren't going to supermarkets. Kids weren't going to news agents and the sale hit. And a few of the senior figures at the magazine had to leave, um, myself included. So left Match of the Day in September yeah. and started to think about what to do next. Um I started a podcast up, which I think we'll we'll, we'll touch upon it at some okay. point, and then start to look for someone, and then and and the pull of home kind of got me. I'm from Whitley Bay on the the coast of Newcastle, yeah. Newcastle United fan, born and bred, and uh, you know, was one. I'm at that stage of my life where I'm trying to find a house and do all that sort of stuff, and um, I think COVID made the giving everyone the ability to, to work from home and stuff like that. So I actually managed to pick up um, a really great role at. Uh, Reach PLC, who published the Chronicle, Sunderland Live, and the Borough Gazette, and they yeah. also they publish other papers like uh, the Manchester MEN, Liverpool Echo, the Daily Mirror, stuff like that. Really, you know, the biggest news publisher in the world. So an opportunity to work for them. But sorry, biggest news publisher in the UK. Yeah. Uh, so the opportunity to work for them came came up and do something a bit more serious. You know, and Match of the Day magazine. It was, uh, you know pictures of cats that look like Neymar and uh, quizzes <laughs> and stickers and all sorts of stuff, which was great fun. Don't get me wrong, but I thought let's do something a bit serious and let's, you know, I'd love to focus on Newcastle, which is my love and my passion and my speciality really. So yeah, it was a, a great role as well. It's um, we have a football app that, that brings together all the football writing from our Middlesbrough, Sunderland and Newcastle journalists. It's called yeah. football Northeast and um, which I edit Okay. Um, so you can you can tailor that to 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 your favorite clubs in the northeast for your favorite writers. You can read offline stuff like that. Really nice little app. Nice. Um, so I edit that, and then uh, engagement is a big thing of my role. I have to engage with the fans. So things like podcasts, social media strategy, uh, and then a bit of writing as well. So I, I get to do a bit of everything in this role. It's like a dream job for me, and uh, it's been it's been good so far. Six months in. Wow, mate! Super stuff. So look, I, I saw that with the Chronicle, you'd started a podcast about the history of Newcastle United as well. How did that all come about? Well, this is the interesting thing. Like, it reach the the job roles, like it's a bit of a mad job. I think you could you could say it's three. You could probably split it in three parts: social media, writing, and and podcasting. And Reach have been really great. Like everything I've pitched, they've got they've they've been keen. For me to do and they've allowed me to go and do it and one of the first things i did when i arrived they said you know can you help us out with our podcast the, the everything is black and white podcast which is their newcastle stable of podcasts and right. i said well i'd love to do something on the history of newcastle united i read a book a couple of years ago called all the smiling faces which actually details the first 30 or 40 years of the club and i, I realized i didn't know anything about newcastle pretty much pre second world war and i was a bit right. embarrassed by that and I was like, I don't even know how my club was formed and the, the people who made it. Um, so I read this book and um, it was kind of blew my mind and some of the characters and some of the stories and Newcastle were really good in the, in the, in the Edwardian, in the Victorian and Edwardian period, Newcastle were winning leagues and um, one of the best teams in the land. And right. so I've developed this passion for Newcastle and I, and I, and I pitched the idea of doing um, a walkthrough of the entire history of the club. Yeah. Uh, episode by episode it's going to be 30 plus episodes it's already started we're up to episode three wow. at the time of recording so and uh yeah so and i persuaded um a guy called paul joanu who is newcastle's official club historian right and um, he's joined he joins me so he co-hosts with me so it's basically me asking paul questions and he he gives all the detail 
but it's just a real real passion project and and reach of, of back me to do it and we're three episodes old we've recorded eight yeah. we're up to uh, the edwardian era i've just rec- just recorded an episode where newcastle win the league three times wow. <laughs> which is it's just great to talk about newcastle winning silverware to be honest with you yeah um and we're learning about the club and, and hopefully teaching the fans a bit because i thought i was a huge newcastle fan um and then i realized actually when it comes to the history of the club I, I'm, I'm not that clued up so it was good you know reading that book a few years ago and then it's been great to record this with paul we've had a few special guests on as well yeah and uh just you know getting away from Steve Bruce and the takeover and all this, you know, horrible hard news that we're having to deal with at the minute as Newcastle fans and just tell the fans what, how their club was made and who made it and the, the fabric and the history and the, the sights, the smells, everything, you know, real, just nitty gritty Newcastle United history. So that's a, a work project, podcast project that I'm, that I'm doing, um, which has been great. And then I'm also doing another one uh, on the side, which I started during lockdown. Right, right. Okay. Well, look, let's talk about that. That's the Searching for Shinies podcast, right? Yeah. So again, this is this is kind of retro football, uh, nostalgia, stuff like that. I think you can spot the theme here, <laughs> which is probably appropriate for your podcast, Craig, you know, exactly. football kits. Um, so Searching for Shinies was uh, me and a mate. I was during during lockdown, um, a lot of people, I was, I was, I left match of the day and People, everyone was saying to me, oh, you should start a podcast. You should start a football podcast. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'd love to do it. But there was a lot out there and I, I wanted a hook. I wanted a um, something a bit different. Yeah. And, and my mate, Richie Wyatt, who I went to uni with, a uh, Borough fan, he said to me, you should start a podcast. And I went, well, you should start a podcast with me. Because I think Richie works in, Richie's a recruiter, um, works for an energy company. And I always say you should have gone into football journalism or football broadcasting because I think he's a better broadcaster than me. And, I, you know, I do a bit of it. I do a bit of radio. I do a bit of podcasting. I've done some TV. Yeah. And I, I think Richie, I think Richie's better than me. So I said, well, why don't you do a podcast with me? Because I think you're a better broadcaster than me. Yeah. And he's good at interviewing people because that's what he does for a living. So and he loves football. He knows a lot about football. Huge, passionate Borough fan. So we got we, we had a few Zooms and we were like, let's thrash out an idea here because we were big fans of, um, or we are big fans of podcasts like Quickly Kevin, Nineties yep. Football Podcast, Under the Cosh, love that yep. where they get all ex players on, Open Goal, the Scottish lads who 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 interview ex players and current players, just have crack with players, yeah, current players, but a lot of former players, mainly former players, love that format, and we thought, well, let's get a format like that going where we can get ex players on, and. Richie says it's his idea, but I'm I'm having it. It's my it was my idea, and I was like, we need to be like collecting players, collecting interviews. And I, I tied it to um, the sticker books. So the sticker yeah. books that we used to have when we were kids, um, we, we you know what it's like in the nineties, just doing swaps on the playground. So we we got a hold of. He had a sticker book. He had the night. I think his his wife had pulled it out of the loft or something. Uh, she had an old sticker book, ninety seven sticker book, and I said, well, why don't we just try and interview players? From that book, there was three hundred and I think there's three hundred nineteen stickers okay. in that book. Yeah, but let's just try and try and track these guys down and interview them. And we got a break on, so we set it up. We we got a proper producer in, uh, Joel Grove, who produces a lot of big football podcasts, produces the Guardian Football Weekly, and oh, wow. done some BBC Six Hundred Six stuff. So he knows the stuff. We got we got him involved. He liked the idea, and then we just started. Hester and players basically, and <laughs> we got a break with Steve Chettle on Twitter. He replied to us. He was doing a charity thing, and we were like, "Look, we'll do a, we'll give you a, a donation to your charity if you if you come on our podcast." And he was yeah. our first guest, 
and we just went from there and um it's just it's just been great fun we've done we've found uh inverted commas um nine players yeah people like lee dixon ian hart neil sullivan keith gillespie as a newcastle fan was buzzing to get keith gillespie on entertainers era player and uh Hignett, Craig Hignett came on, and some of these interviews, Craig, have been going for like three hours. We did three hours with um, we did three hours with Higgy, we did three hours with Keith Gillespie. Um, players so generous with their time, so many stories coming out, and yeah, it's 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 been great. And if any of your listeners can connect us with a player from sure. 1997 sticker book, please get in touch with me. Or we've got a website searching for Chinese.com. Yeah, um, we're on Twitter and Instagram at the Shiny Pod. Give us a follow, give us a listen. And, and we love to get the listeners involved and obviously and anyone who wants to like send us 90s like pictures of their crap 90s memorabilia or, mm. or great 90s shirts that they've got or any 90s stories about a few tales of people meeting players in yeah. the 90s which we read out on air and, and we just we just roll it back to, to 96 97 which was an iconic season i think yeah. real sweet spot of british football just after euro 96 um Newcastle just signed Alan Shearer for 15 million. So it was a big season for me. Right. Um, so, yeah, th- that's what we're doing at the minute. So, yeah, if, if any of your listeners fancy giving us a go, I would love that. Yeah, mate. I, well, I totally recommend it. You know, I, I really do enjoy it myself. What I was going to ask you is who, who out of that sticker book would be like your dream guest? Who do you think would be the most difficult that you'd love to have them on? Well, the two players on the front are Shearer and Cantona. Wow. And, and, and every guest we have on, we say we ask them at the end, who is your shiny player? So obviously the shiny stickers is the most coveted sticker. So we say, who is your the best player you've played with or against? Yeah. And so many have said Shearer and Cantona. Right. Cantona especially. I would say most of the guests have said Cantona. Um, and they say the, the the interesting thing I find about that was that they say that you don't realize how big he was. He's a really big lad, big hard lad. to get off the ball. Yeah. Right. Um, so a lot of players said Cantona, and we had um. We did a pilot with uh, Martin Scott, who's actually a, a friend of my stepdad. So we didn't actually put that episode out. But okay. Martin Scott is a Sunderland player, and he said Shearer, and he's like, "This is going to go down like a lead balloon." But Shearer is my. So, so a lot of players, a lot of players saying Shearer, and a lot of players saying Cantona. They're the two on the front. Yeah. Shearer, Shearer follows me on Twitter, but I'm too scared to ask. I'm too scared <laughs> to ask him if he'll come on. Um, and he's not going to give us three hours. Let's be realistic here. But yeah. uh, we, to, to be honest. The smaller players that we get on often give the best. So the lesser known players often give us the, the better stories. Yeah. Um, so we are genuinely interested in speaking to any player in the book. We spoke to a West Ham player who I'd never heard of. I couldn't remember him. Steve Jones. Right. I couldn't remember him. Um, he didn't play much, but we got him on. I, we, we had a few technical issues in, in that episode, so I might not recommend your listeners try that episode. But we had someone like Steve Jones on. He's going to give... I think he's going to be more honest with his stories than, say, Lee Dixon, who we had on, who might be a bit more. But to be to be fair, though, Lee Dixon gave some good stories as well. So yeah. we're genuinely interested in, in in speaking to anyone because whoever they are, if they were a Premier League club in 96, 97, they're going to have stories. They're going to have crossed paths with so many, you know, personalities and icons from 90s football. And, that, and that's what yeah. the podcast's all about. Yeah, mate, it's all about unearthing the stories, isn't it? And trying to give something different. So, yeah, definitely. Everybody's worth a chat to, I always think. Yeah. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Let's talk about some football shirts. I ask everybody on the podcast this same question to kick off before we do go through your three shirts. What do football shirts mean to you? Ooh, you know what? It's like, I, you asked me what my top three football shirts are for the pod, which we're going to get onto later. And then it really, it changes all the time, to be honest, the three, the top three. Um, but there's a, there's a, there's a collection of... I'm a, I'm a former goalkeeper and goalkeeper kits went mental in the 90s. The, yeah. the colours, the volume of the design was just superb. And Newcastle in particular, between 93 and 95, had four Athics goalkeeper shirts, which were right. all incredible designs, one of which I've picked as for, to talk about a bit later. Yeah. And honestly, the, 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 the memories and nostalgia that the sight of one of those shirts invokes in me is amazing because I was a I was you know seven eight nine years old I was a goalkeeper and Newcastle gained promotion to the Premier League playing really exciting football building a fantastic stadium Kevin Keegan Andy Cole uh, Beardsley and and it was such an exciting time like you couldn't even get a ticket for the game you couldn't go I couldn't get a ticket for St James's Park so I remember go I would go to town with my mom and my dad and just, just to see the club shop would invoke excitement, excitement in me. Um, to go in the club shop would be amazing. To touch the kits was like because you couldn't get near the, you couldn't get near the ground. You know what I mean? So yeah, even yeah. to see the stadium at that time it was like it was honestly like another realm. So, and and I and I kind of get that the excitement kind of flickers back a little bit when yeah. I see those those goalkeeper tops in particular because I I, I had a few, um, and. You know, I was I was just consumed with football. I had posters of them on my wall. I was watching match of the day, and uh, it wasn't as accessible football as it is now. So to see those shirts in real life was like a, a huge 
huge buzz. And so, yeah, fo- football shirts just invoke, you know, excitement and, and happy memories, basically. Yeah, nice, mate. Nice. So, look, let's go through them. So, we've got the England, I think it's a 91 to 93 goalkeeper shirt by Umbro, mm. on at Euro 92. It's a kind of blue colour. How come you chosen this one, mate? Well, this one, I think, was my first ever goalkeeper top. I'm pretty sure it was my first ever goalkeeper top. I remember at primary school, there was a, my best mate, Daniel Renton. Um, his granddad used to come into the school on Tuesday afternoons and, and take us for football. This, okay. is my, like, this is like maybe this is like maybe 90, 93, so I would have been about seven years old, very young. And he used to cut, and honestly, it was the most exciting thing. Tuesdays was the most exciting day because he would just come and take us for football play a bit of football and I remember I didn't have any I didn't have any kit really so my mom took me to uh, KO Sports in Monk Seton and I do remember I remember the trip and uh, she was just like we just like kitted me out and um, I was playing I was a keen goalkeeper at that age and um, yeah we ended up getting the England goalkeeper top and it was like and I remember getting a really really brilliant Umbro bomber jacket as well uh, like Umbro tracksuit which I wish I still had which I remember that being phenomenal. I wore it loads. Yeah. But the England goalkeeper top was was crazy. It was it was Graham Taylor era England, and he he didn't really play David Seaman. He was more of a Chris Woods man. Yep. But I quite like Chris Woods, and Chris Woods wore this top quite a lot. So it was just amazing to have it. And it was a proper Umbro England top, and he was my first shirt. And I, I would just wear it all the time. It, it looked great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, really special shirt for me. And it's a pretty. And I and and I've still got it. I I went back home during lockdown and sorted a few bits of pieces out and I was absolutely delighted to pull it out of the loft. Nice. It's tiny and it's it's not in bad condition. It's got a, a number one on the back. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's just great. I wish I I wish I had the outfield player top as well. But no the goalkeeper top was was great. And again brings brings back happy memories. My first ever goalkeeper shirt. Yeah. What kind of keeper were you? Are you any good? Yeah, I was all right, you know. I was all right. I uh, played for the county. Oh, wow. Um, had trials, you know what I mean. A, a funny story, actually. First ever football match I ever played. I was wearing. I would have been wearing that shirt. We, we yeah. the first ever competitive game we ever played. We played Langley Primary School. Star of the Sea was my primary school, and Stephen Taylor was playing for Langley. Do you know Stephen Taylor, the centre back yeah, for Newcastle? Yeah. So he was playing for Langley, and I knew Tails because he he also played on a Sunday with me for Whitley Bay Boys Club. He right. was a year younger than us. There was 12 players in the squad. He was the one sub. Couldn't get a game. He was a striker. Um, and I knew Tails. He lived in Whitley Bay. And he was playing for Langley. And he was a good player then. And um, we we scored, went 1-0 up. And he he put the ball through my legs and oh. wheeled away celebrating. But I turned around and caught it on the line. Oh, <laughs> I, always, I always remember this. And... Uh, and uh, so that's like, uh, yeah, like that's like an amazing, amazing memory for yeah. me. So I was, pre- I was, I was all right, yeah. Um, I, I, and I, I was, I played for North Shields um, in my teens, my teen right. years. They, they won the, they won the FA Vars in 2015. Oh, right. Gone up, gone up a few leagues since I played with them. Yeah. Um, so played for North Shields as a teenager, and uh, yeah, I was okay. I was just constantly injured, and I, unfortunately, did my cruciate twice oh, um, at the age of 19 and 20. Right. So, and then tried a few comeback games um, and just called it called it a day at twenty one really and and, did, uh, oh, really and did, did did other things yeah which is right. which was devastating to be honest with you but um, it's like it's like I don't know it's like uh, coming off hard drugs I'm 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 in I've been I've been clean now for uh, over fifteen <laughs> years haven't played football for fifteen years and I'm I'm over it. 
<laughs> every day is a new day right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so wait let's let's talk about your second choice so I like this. We've gone for a goalkeeper shirt again. You kind of touched on this earlier. It's the I think it's the ninety three to ninety five Newcastle United goalkeeper shirt by A six. Pavel Sternacek. Tell me more, mate. Well, I could have had any any of the four that they had during this period. Yeah. Um, but I've gone for that one because it just it it's like you know sometimes on Twitter when they say which player does this shirt remind you of. That is the Pavel Cernicek shirt, and he was my he was my ultimate hero as a as a young Newcastle fan goalkeeper. He was a he was my ultimate hero. I was fortunate to meet him in 1995 at the training ground, get a picture with him, which I've still got. No one's got a bad word to say about Pav. He was a bit of a mad keeper. He was very athletic. He always looked brilliant. Um, shirt tucked in, white socks, long black shorts, and then and unbelievable and wore these two Newcastle tops like. With with um, you know amazing style, yeah. uh, he, he was kind of a before his time. He used to like to play out with his feet, and <laughs> um, which and he would he would it was known as the Pavel Cernicek walkabout, and he would give Newcastle fans heart attacks. He was so he was probably you know fifteen years too too soon for him to be doing yeah. that. But he he was a great keeper, very athletic, made, great shot stopper, um, bit mad, made made the odd mistake, but but loved him and, and he he looked great in that shirt. And I absolutely. I absolutely love that shirt. I didn't actually have that shirt when I was a kid. I had a I had the yellow one, right? Which I've still got, which is very rare. Um, I don't know why I picked that one when I went to the sports shop, but I did. But I did buy this last year. Uh, I bought I bought a, a replica version of that shirt. Nice. Um, during lockdown, it hasn't got an official. I don't think it's got an official name, but I christened it the Rainbow Shards, um, shirt. Yeah. Because it's like it's like got it's like shards of glass in rainbow color. Yeah, um, and it's just brilliant. It's got the Newcastle exhibition um, star in it, and yeah. it was my birthday last week. Um, and my my missus arranged for a birthday cake version of that cake uh, to be made for me, which I which is on my Twitter. If you want to go and scroll back at Ketchel was my Twitter. Yeah, I put a picture. I've got about a thousand likes, and honestly, the, the cake maker nailed it. I mean, what talk about a difficult design? Um, carrot cake. Have shirt. I was absolutely over the moon with that one. So, Lovely. yeah, very special shirt. Very good looking one as well. Well, mate, I actually did a bit of research on the kit when you told me, and I read an article that you'd written for the Chronicle about Newcastle's best ever goalkeeper shirts. Yeah, Some absolute crackers in there, isn't there? Oh, it's difficult to, it's difficult to, yeah, pick the top ten, and and for that one because it was, I was trying to, it wasn't really my personal top ten. It was really like the masses. The number one is regarded as the is the sunset shirt you know the um newcastle top with the silhouette of the city yeah. and the, the kind of orange red sunset spectacular again pav adidas. rocked it pav and yep yeah, adidas the the 95 97 uh you know the grand neck collar outfield shirt the goalkeeper shirt was equally brilliant yeah. pav and shaka hislop wore those and that is genuinely generally seen as the the number one um goalkeeper shirt in, in in the history of Newcastle maybe one of the best goalkeeper shirts of all time I don't know but yeah. uh, but the A6 ones really really stick out to me because they were honestly like holy grails when I was seven eight nine um, and yeah. watching Newcastle but yeah it was it was a good a good one to write that but, but, but pretty difficult to whittle it down to 10. Yeah I bet I bet nice so look, let's move on to your final choice so this is the Newcastle 95-96 away shirt by Adidas. It's the kind of red and blue hoops to the Grand Eye collar. Absolutely mm. beautiful. Tell me more, mate. Just a, just another great looking shirt. Um, 
the 95, 97 Newcastle shirts. But I think I think those sets of shirts are the best of, of all time in British football. Yeah, they're up there. And they are wide. And, and, and that's not just, and I know my Newcastle fans are unbiased, but generally, generally they are seen as, you know, when you do top 10 kits of all time, they creep in there. Um, and I wasn't, re- I, I've only kind of recently got into the kit collecting, to be honest with you. Um, I kind of picked it up during lockdown, but around about 2018, 2019, I saw that shirt in long sleeves on, on classic football shirts. And I just thought, I need to buy that because yeah. these, these, uh, do you know, it was, it wasn't too bad. Um, I might, I might have, they might have had a code or something like that. You know what I mean? Just to take the edge off the, off the price. It would have been, it would have been, it would have been north of a hundred quid, but I was like, the, these are things that are getting more rare and more expensive. I thought like, I need to buy that and have that in my collection. It was long sleeved as well. I, I'm, I, and I, I don't really do short sleeve shirts. I, I, all my shirts, I like to be long sleeved. Okay. Uh, my collection's mainly goalkeeper stuff, but if I get outfield stuff, I get always get long sleeves. Yeah. So I had it, found it in long sleeves. It, it actually had a bit of damage on it, which I, which I need to get, on, but, 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 but it was manageable. Yeah. And that probably brought the price down a bit. And then I sent it off to get the Genola 14 on the back because... Yeah. Again, that's one of those shirts where it's like, which player do you think of when you see this shirt? And I, I think it's Ginola in long sleeves yeah. with the white shorts, the maroon socks, just annihilating fullbacks yeah. in the uh, in the mid nineties. So stunning, stunning shirt. Uh, really glad to have got one because they're pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably the one I grab when the house if the house is burning down. Um, <laughs> and uh, I got Ginola on the back in the in the, in the Adidas. Blocky, blocky white writing, just just brilliant. Love the cream shorts and the maroon hooped socks combo as well. And it's the Newcastle brown ale on the front actually was the inspiration for our logo for searching for shinies. Nice. So you might notice a bit of a, a, a familiarity there. It's a, it's a circle with searching for shinies written around. So the yeah, the brown ale badge of the away kit was the the searching for shinies logo inspiration. Lovely stuff. I was going to ask you, kind of being a Newcastle fan, and it's interesting you're talking about the early success of the club with your other podcast. What was it like being a fan of the club at that time where they almost won the league? They almost kind of replicated that success because obviously it's been a long time now since they've had anything similar, right? Yeah, it's 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 difficult to describe because I my first game I ever went to, um, it was uh, Keegan's second season. And they were they were storming Division One and coming up into the Premier League. And it was March '93. They beat Brentford five-one, and it was just Keegan, you know, signing players left, right, and centre, signing Andy Cole, bombing players, bombing forward, very ambitious. Um, and he was he was great. He was he was all about the fans. It was there was no tactics. It was just. These fans have come, have worked all week, paid for the season tickets. You go out and entertain them. That's your responsibility. That was his team talk. That those were his team talks for five years, and it worked. Yeah. And he and he was so ambitious. We came up into the Premier League in ninety three, ninety four, and he did an interview on Football Focus on opening day and said, "You know, Alex Ferguson, we're coming for your title." What promoted club? What promoted club's manager says that it's all about consolidation. And he was like, "No, we're going for the title," and we finished third. Finished yeah. third that season. So to have someone who really got the club, he totally got the club and the area. His, his dad was a, a pitman from the north. His granddad was a pitman from the northeast. Yeah. He played there in the eighties as a player, and he'd come back as a manager. And it, it, so 
I never had a bad, my childhood as a Newcastle fan, there was no, there was nothing bad. There was never any doubt. There was never any bad time. It was constant excitement um, big signings or, you know, um, signing Alan Shearer for world record fee, you know, local, local the best striker in the world, yeah. golden boot winner at Euro 96. He's a Geordie and Keegan's put 15 million pound down for him. And I'm an 11 year old Newcastle fan. You cannot, you cannot like imagine the excitement. And the thing about it is when you're in that moment, you just think this is how it's going to be forever. Yeah, yeah. This is how it's going to be forever. And it really isn't <laughs> there. And, 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 and Kenny Daglish came and he did he did better than he gets credit for, Daglish, but he did dismantle the side. He made some good signings, he made some bad signings. And and it and, and it's it's been tricky ever since. A bit of a re, um revival under Sir Bobby Robson, um, yeah. got us into the Champions League and had some great nights. You know, I've seen us, you know, score twice in the San Siro and stuff like that. And again, when 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 you when you're in the away end in the San Siro, you think this is it, this is this is what's gonna be like for the forever. Champions League nights, traveling all over Europe. And then now we're really in a, a horrible patch. Um, so the childhood Newcastle that I know, it feels like an, another world. It, it feels yeah. like uh, that is ba- that, that's, that entertainer side is like the equivalent of Guardiola's Man City. Yeah. You know, one of Guardiola's Barcelona sides, just one of the best, most exciting team in the world. And they, they were my team and they were down the road and we worship, we worshiped them. And, yeah, it hasn't been like that for a while, to be <laughs> to, to, to be brutally honest. And it, it's tough. It's tough coming from that. But football, that's the way it works. Football's cyclical, right? And you'll know from kind of studying the history of it that you can't keep a big club down like that. And a club with that size of fan base, that size of city and stuff, you know, history will change. It, you know, good times will be around the corner again, I'm sure. Yeah, it's the best, man. Well, look, that's probably a good place to end it, mate. Really enjoyed talking to you. Where can people find you on uh, Twitter and stuff? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter, at Ketchel, which is my surname. I'm on Instagram, at Ketchfootball. And then the podcast is at The Shiny Pod. That's yeah. on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We've got a website and you can get that wherever you do your podcast listening. So, yeah, it'd be good if people could... Uh, Give us a listen. And if you know a player from the 1997 sticker book, give us a shout. Yeah, (laughs) nice one. Right, mate, well, great speaking to you. Thanks so much. No problem, pleasure. So there you have it. Massive thanks to Matthew for sharing his football kit memories with me. You can follow me and my own collection on Instagram or get in touch via Twitter or email. Make sure you follow Matthew too and subscribe to their podcast, searching for Shiny's Pod wherever you get yours. The music you heard was produced by Evil Ed. You can check out his music on his Bandcamp. His links to absolutely everything I've mentioned in the podcast notes section. And finally, thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, please do spread the word. Give me a follow on social and subscribe to Football Kit Memories on your podcast player of choice. And other than that, I'll catch you next time. 